This is CJSF 90.1 FM Burnaby, the campus community radio station of Simon Fraser University. We stream online at cjsf.ca. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and listen to podcasts of CJSF programs on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash cjsfradio. Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Alex. It is delightful to join you all today. It's been a little while since we recorded something new because my life got completely chaotic and Luca was very gracious and held some space while I got myself reoriented. But even while my life is getting chaotic um, from a move, the world is just generally a bit chaotic right now. And uh, we were just discussing what we wanted to talk about today. And um, we ended up spending time just reflecting on the, this like miasma that's kind of around us right now in the world and society. There's a, uh, there's a large component of fear and um, mistrust and hopelessness that is pervading our interactions just as we go about our days, if we need to go to the stores, if we need to go to get gas, you know, if we're out and about in the community, if it's pervasive online, on social media platforms with people needing to create and hold boundaries or feeling the need to create and hold boundaries for their protection or to, to state strong opinions or to persuade other people and um it's just it's a hard it's a hard time to be to feel like a part of a unified society right now isn't it well there's sort of a combination of trying to find our way in the world and trying to determine who we are as we find our way in the world yeah because when we encounter adversity the way the world is encountering it at the moment it challenges the very foundations of who we think we are And not just as individuals, but as communities and as countries. So Canada is preparing now to go into a federal election. And, you know, we're having to take a look at what were the promises that were made Mm. and which were fulfilled and which were not. And, you know, how did the communication happen around those fulfilled and not fulfilled promises? Um, And, you know, in any election, you're looking at a a way of looking at the world, right? So each party represents its way of looking at the world. But then we also, when when we're in times like this, where we're analyzing all of our systems. And that, and so when you go into an election, then you go into an election with a different with another layer of how am I going to assess what the parties um, and individuals, because some of them are independent, 
Um, what are they saying they're going to do for our world? And, and how are they presenting our world to us? And politics tends to be in large measure reactive instead of proactive. And I think we're needing some leadership in the world at the moment that is proactive, that is saying, now this is what we, this is not just um, what we need to fix, but this is what we need to aspire to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the, that's the guiding light, right? That's going to help us to figure out whether any of the parties that are sitting in front of us, whether it's an election or w- whether it's a, um, a, any decision that we have to make in collectively at the moment and individually. Mm-hmm. Um, are, we, are we heading towards where we would like to be where we, in some cases, know we have to be because, you know, when you when you have um, raging forest fires that are knocking out whole communities where the town can, there's nothing left. Like it's not like it, it took out one corner. When when it's raising an entire town, then we know we have to look at something a bit differently and. Right. And so that has to come not from the top down uh, because then that treats us all like we're little children and don't know our own minds. And some big, you know, parental figure is going to come and say, here's what we need to do to fix it all. You just follow me and you don't have to worry about it. I think this is something where we're all feeling worried about it. Mm -hmm. And worry, as we've said many times, doesn't actually change anything. So what are we going to do with that concern mm-hmm. we call it concern it's perhaps more constructive what are we going to do with it and and how are we how are we making all of our choices at the moment in the face of this level of global fear yeah and fear about you know roaring tigers that are in our faces but also fear around the the smaller things the which aren't smaller right the the how am i going to get keep food on my table because Mm -hmm. if the world of business is changing because of how we're being um, forced to interact with one another differently right now, Mm -hmm. then what does that say about each of our our ability to earn a living? Mm -hmm. Um, Do we want to continue doing it the way we were before, uh, before pre pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know that the pandemic is the problem. It's the wake up mechanism in a way mm-hmm. if it weren't a pandemic what what else it would be maybe it would be the climate crisis or maybe it would be um something else but it's saying business as usual and i don't mean business business but life as usual yeah. is not is not working for huge swaths of the planet right now yeah yeah absolutely even if it appears to be working for some small groups of individuals, that's not the norm. No. So what you were just describing there about the, the it's like just reading the world, just looking around us, we can see this is not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a phrase that we can use for the world, but oftentimes we talk about it in terms of our personal selves. Yeah, um, and we we try to to seek alignment that way. Um, I'm I'm just wondering if perhaps this 
this crazy fast shift that I went through over the last few weeks might hold some, uh, it, it's like a, it's like a mirror, <laughs> a mirror of this, what you're describing needs to happen, but on a global scale. Um, so I, I moved out of the house that I've been in for seven years and out of, I moved physically out of a relationship that I've been in for five years. That doesn't mean that the relationship has stopped existing, but we've stopped cohabitating together. And that was, we navigated it. We, we were, were okay, but we could have been very not okay, both as individuals and, and in the, in the relationship. It was not sustainable as it was. And I needed to, to create, you know, I needed to choose what was going to be the right path for myself. So the things you were just describing that we were, you know, that we need to do in terms of for the planet, like, what is it that actually makes sense for us to be contributing and and functioning and doing in the world right now? I was needing to ask those questions of myself in terms of what is sustainable for me at this, with the world, with myself, as it is right now, what does that look like? And maybe... I don't know how to get there from being in this, uh, I want to say, ostensibly functional life with a partner and a house and the way that things were running, et cetera. Like all the pieces are there. This has been working, but we can tell again, I can tell from the signs that this was not sustainable for me. And we really needed to both as individuals and together repeatedly go into the big picture view or we would call it the meta level view and it was only when we could go there that we could find some peace of mind and peace of heart around a massive shift that we needed to commit to that was going to require a lot of energy but it also moved very fast because it was right and ripe (laughs) <laughs> as such well, you were building happened. toward it for a long time, right? Yeah, I didn't know that I was building towards this exactly, but but yes. And I and I again I want to map that across to our society. Like we've got a sense that we're building towards something, something has to change. This yes. is not sustainable. And it's going to change it and how it's going to change, we don't necessarily we don't know. know yet. Yeah, but we know that something needs to change and it's going to be massive. It has to be massive for it to to have the impact that it needs to have to change our trajectory, which has us heading off the cliff imminently. But it's only in the meta level, in that big picture view, that we can find the courage to hold the course and to do so with some love and compassion, both for self and for each other. It's... Very hard to stay there, though, because there's so much, I'm going to call it attractive fear, (laughs) like persuasive fear that makes sense based on everything that we've known so far. On a very well, the fear has been around for so long now that we've built structures around it. Mm. So the structures in our in our world are supportive of that level of fear. We make decisions based on fear, on aversion, right? We're going to avoid this, so we'll do this. Um, It's it's built into how we think about everything now, and it's reinforced. So to step out of that means really 
stepping out of the comfort of our existing structures. Yeah. Um, so it feels free fall, right? It right. feels structureless. Yeah. Um, and the more it does that, the more I need touchstones. Right. And and when I when I start a new journal, because I'm a Gemini and I write things, um, I in the in the front of each new journal, I I gather up the insights that I have collected in the previous journal mm. and I write them again in the front of the new journal so that I have them as a touchstone to mm. go to go back to and they end up becoming sort of a mantra for me mm-hmm. and my current one that isn't in the front of this journal because I I've sort of come to it in the in since I began this journal so it's going to go into the front of the next one but it's very much with me right now is when I communicate with someone or when I take action in the world is it empowering or disempowering to me and the people with whom I'm interacting mm-hmm. and that doesn't that's not about right and wrong it's is it empowering or disempowering am I helping that person to find their own power and stand in it and make their own sometimes difficult choices? Or am I making them feel less than and frightening them? Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but when I have to make big, big changes in my life, I don't find it useful to be scared into those choices. No, I need to be empowered into those choices. And so when somebody comes and says to me, you need to do this, because if you don't, this and this and this horrible thing will happen. That, that, that paralyzes me almost. It, it makes me, it puts me into fight and flight and um, paralysis. And I agree with you. And at the same time, I'm, 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 that makes me think of a couple of major course alterations that I made in my life, not making a decision in that moment based on that fear, but it, I really did need to see, like have a glimpse. And it wasn't necessarily from another person. I needed to have an awareness yeah. of if I continue along this course, this is what is going to happen to me, to the world, to whatever I needed. And often that's a, it's a repeat, right? We've been there before. So it's a cycle. And I think yeah. part of what gets us to that place of having that realization is when we've seen this before. So we think, Oh, I'm back at this place again. And I didn't like it the first time or the second time or the third time. Now here we are in the fourth time. And it looks like the fifth time is going to come again if I stay on this trajectory. Right. Yeah, it, it can be that way. Um, one I'm thinking of specifically was was when it was time to leave the my my marriage. Um, well, it wasn't time to leave it yet. It was still a, a year or two away from leaving it. Um, yeah. But it was an awareness of, oh, I'm going to get a disease if I stay like this in this. And so it wasn't a repeat out of alignment. It was an energetic thing. It was a, it was a, this is not sustainable. Um, This is a problem. And I am going to bear physical consequences for this. It's not just hard. It's not just difficult. 
I will bear consequences. And then I needed to, and and that was, it, it did scare me, but it wasn't because something or someone was trying to scare me. It's that, that glimpse into, into, I guess the future, this like, well, and, and into the gravity of the situation as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, 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 it is a mobilizer. Yeah. I mean, it, can be, an, it yeah. can be an immobilizer. Like that was not a time to make a decision. It's not a time to choose something and do it. And, and like exit, that's not no. how that no. worked. But it, in a way it gets you to let go of the current situation. Right? Yes. Yeah. Cause now the, the costs of staying in that situation are higher than the benefits. Yeah. I think it's time for our first song. It fits right in right here. So it's it's a song, but it's not been released as a song. But I really like to share this with everyone. So we've played a couple songs from a couple uh, called the Bang the Bangsons um, here and there over the last year. Um, I've found their songs very soulful, very raw. They sing kind of like how we talk when we talk about a topic. They're singing about something that is current and present for them, but they have this way with melody and words. It's just so powerful. So um, this, this little snippet, just a couple of minutes of song, was a soul song that came out of this woman when she had uh, just gone and got her first vaccination, but she was very afraid. It was not something she felt comfortable doing, but she didn't feel comfortable not doing. It was a very hard place of, I'm not necessarily sure what is the right way, both for me or for society or whatever, but I've just done this thing and now I'm feeling afraid and how do I navigate that fear? And I feel like there's some gems here of truth that that are beyond anything to do with COVID that are just very true about life. So I will play this. We will be back in just a few minutes. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you're in danger. And it also doesn't mean you don't have a really good reason to feel afraid. Your brain is a holy echo chamber of ancient stories passed to you from ancestors who loved you and wanted you to survive and so to keep you alive they planted sparks inside your mind and your heart that say run away run away or fight or freeze this is not okay Remind myself that we can honor, we can honor the gift of the fear they gave to us. Hey, oh, hey, hey, and not obey it. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, honor it. Hey, oh, hey, and not obey. 
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That is an untitled song by the Bengsons that was shared on their Instagram. Um, brought me to tears again, just listening to it. It's so truthful. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it could almost have been a conversation that we we're having. Yeah. But it was, it had a tune. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. this, I like that context. There's, when we talk about the big picture, it's not just about looking at the future. It's also about looking at the past and to stop and to remember that reactions we have within ourselves, this fears that we have, this is not the first pandemic that has come through this earth. How no, or the first our, catastrophe. Yeah. How many of our ancestors, and we're talking generations deep, faced some of them survived because we are the ones who descended from them, but of their of family members who didn't, you know, like this is, there's, there's deep fear. How many other times, you know, yeah, climate catastrophes that happened in the history of men. And this feels like a good time to stop and remember, where are we? Where are we in history? Where are we on the earth? And Luca and I are settlers here on the unceded ancestral territory of the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Tsleil-Waututh, uh, and the Coquitlam. Yes, I think that was the four nations that I'm remembering properly. And those are peoples who went through pandemics that killed most of them, that were brought about by colonizers, although there may have been other ones that also swept through their populations and generations previously. And there's 30,000 years of history deep of these people on this land that is in our um, awareness and beginning to be proven by um, archaeology and findings, etc. Definitely present in the history of the peoples that has been passed forward. And that orientation is so important for us to gain some context about, well, how do we navigate through this? Because really, when we talk about what isn't sustainable in the world right now and how it has to change, it's not that there isn't any other available options. Even if we look back into the history of man, it's just that we don't know what it's like to live that way because we've been in a patriarchal, capitalistically structured society for a century or two. And so this is all that the people who are currently on the planet and that most of our literature and most of our, our media, et cetera, it comes from that paradigm, but it's not the only way we've lived. Well, and, we're, and what we're doing here with this radio show on this radio station is a move towards something that has been done before. It's, right. it's storytelling, right? We have a different medium for it now than our ancestors would have had, but it's a, it is a medium. And we're talking about a different perspective. I, I posted something that I came across on social media yesterday about a, a train. I think it's in the Netherlands that's being run. No, Den, Denmark, I think that's being run on windmill power. Oh, a power generated from a windmill. Yes. And it and it so they charge up the batteries and it will run a certain amount of time based on it. <laughs> and I was thinking, when do we have a lot of? And the the you know that part of the world is known for its windmills, but this this is old technology that can be used in a new way. 
Um, so we, it, when you say that we, we have the tools, we do have the tools and we are, as humans, we are incredibly resilient. Otherwise we wouldn't still be here and creative and adversity makes us, we know this from all the things that are invented during wartime. We are incredibly inventive when we're faced with adversity. It seems to make us even more inventive. And the adverse, adversity doesn't have to be something that we've created ourselves, although we often do that to ourselves. But if we're dealing with, you know, the, the adjustments of the planet, is we're digging up information now that, that is telling us that the poles have shifted on the planet before. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, we know... We also know there was a guy dug up out of the ice. So as the ice is receding now, they're, they're beginning to find things in the ice. And there was a guy who had tattoos on his lower legs. And when they, when they analyzed him, what they found was that he had, I think it was arthritis. And they know that those, the, those dots that were tattooed on his legs are the points that you put needles, acupuncture needles in on in order to deal with arthritis. Oh, pain of arthritis. So they know that he comes from a long time ago mm-hmm. and that they not only did they have acupuncture then, but they had the wherewithal to tattoo those points on a person so that someone who didn't know what those points were could put the needles in, in order to alleviate that person's pain. And that person was, was walking the Silk Road from the Orient to um, Eastern Europe. So, the, who, and we don't know these things until we have climate change that releases this information from where it's being bound <laughs> up on the earth, right? Wow. So. But it takes our curiosity, it takes our observation in order to find these things. So because acupuncture is drugless Mm -hmm. and it's cheaper than what we're paying currently in our in our society for drugs Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have the side effects. Mm -hmm. So. And it, it would be something, you know, you wouldn't have to carry drugs with you you wouldn't have to carry a prescription you just have a tattoo on your body that says here put this in and I was thinking about that when a friend of mine had lung cancer and they tattooed before they started doing the um the the treatment on him the the um x-ray treatment they tattooed where the x-ray had to go in right they put those tattoo points on his body Mm-hmm. And I and I was thinking that's very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, the the what goes in is different, but you yeah. know. So so I think that um, I I was I just pulled one of Danielle Laporte's tooth bomb cards, and because uh, I often do that for inspiration, it gives me another way, another starting point for looking at something. And this one says, "You're on the verge of a miracle." And, and it reminds me of that old saying, it's darkest before the, before the dawn, um, that, that, you know, right now, if we were to lose hope, if, 
then we might say, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and and we can we can always find all the reasons why this is a terrible, terrible time. But what could be just around the corner? And mm-hmm. so as you're you were going through the the beginning stages of the dissolution of that form of your relationship. Mm-hmm. You had been looking for a long time for another house to use for yeah. for your purposes, and bingo, this one showed up. Mm-hmm. And it looks sudden, but your preparation for it, the you had done all your homework in order to know that it was the right thing when it showed up. That's right. Yeah, and I trusted right? that. It was you great. had your checklist. I did. I had all the things on your list. Yep. So and I moved. if you hadn't, uh-huh. if you hadn't been dissatisfied <laughs> with what you had, and and if you hadn't made that list, and the list came out of, well, I don't want this anymore. But then you get to the next stage, which is, so what do I want? Yeah. What would be yeah. better? And to me, that's about hope. Yeah. That's about um, the our imagination. And dreaming into a future that is better than what we're in right now, right? right. Yeah. So I think that we have to, it's like we have the, the, the pain, which is what we're going through at the moment, right? And the indecision about it and these, these tsunami waves of fear that keep coming at us. And then we have the antidote. The antidote is to, to use our imagination and creativity to dream up something else mm-hmm. and the dreams come first mm-hmm. so that we start working towards them so that our subconscious starts contributing to them mm-hmm. and and who helps us to dream but artists mm-hmm. so that's where we get the music that is sometimes a lamentation of what we're letting go of um, right. or our current state. And, and that part of it also is the celebration and the hope of what is to come. So we write plays about it, we write poems, and we, and we create art and, and sculpture and, and uh, all of this. And so I'm wondering if it's time for another it song. It is. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank I was just, I could see this coming. I was like, oh my gosh, I see how it out. fit together. Yeah, so our second song today is Mad World <laughs> by Gary Jules, <laughs> Michael Andrews. And I chose this one because there is a, there's a, there's a grief in it. There's a, a sadness and an observation of what is broken and, and this despairing kind of feeling that can come from that as we look around us and just be like, this is so not okay. And I think we have to be real about that. I don't know that we can find our way forward if we don't look at that head on and say, this is not okay anymore. It really is not okay. And that's why we're in feeling as individuals, not okay, because it's not okay. But it doesn't just take, put on your happy face and let's just get back to work as normal. That's not where the solution lies. We have to look at this. Yeah. This is not okay. Let's listen to Mad World by Gary Jules and Michael Andrews. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was Mad World by Gary Jules and Michael Andrews. That song just has such a melancholiness to it. It's, I, I was thinking about the sadness of having to let go of something around which you had a lot of um, expectations oh, yeah. and hopes. And, and when we finally figure out that it is more painful than it's worth, we then have to unwrap it, right? We've got, we can't, we can't be hugging it so tightly. Otherwise we can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that means in a way we have to fall out of love with it yeah, uh, or out of comfort with it. Uh, because it isn't just the state that we're in right now, but where we have always believed it would get us. Mm-hmm. And if we're now looking at it and saying, no, well, I don't think it's going to get us there anymore, or the cost of getting us there is too high, then I have to let go of it. And that letting go of process, uh, letting go process is a, is a, 
it's a it's a process full of emotion. It's mm-hmm. it's full of sadness and melancholy. It's it's full of um, some fear that there won't be anything better to replace it. Yeah, because yes. sometimes yes. we can't embrace the new till we've let go of the old, and and it's scary to let go of the old when you don't know where the news coming from. Right. right? Yeah. That was a very poignant thing you just said there. We're afraid that there's nothing good that can replace it or nothing better could come afterwards. And that in a nutshell is, is, is the root of a lot of the fear. It's not just that it's changing. It's that we don't have a trust that it can still be good or could be better. And I think that as we get older in life, there's a, there's a double whammy there. There's um, all of there. We've lived long enough to know that things can work out because mm-hmm. we're still here. And we also have lived long enough to have a litany of times where it didn't. Right. And, and so we can choose, we have to choose which one are we going to base our next great leap forward on? Are we going to base it on the things that didn't work and therefore expect that whatever comes next isn't going to work either or could not work? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to say, well, there's been silver linings in here before. We're, what were the great things that I learned from these other experiences in my life? And, and therefore, I can trust that whatever comes next is also going to have some great experiences for me to learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I think it's a frame of mind mm-hmm. that creates expectations and that we do have some control over. Mm-hmm. And so when I come back to that point around when I'm talking to other people, am I empowering or disempowering them? When I say to myself, well, what am I empowering or disempowering? I hope that one of the things that I have the ability, skill, desire to empower is people's belief that they can create a future for themselves, for their families, for their communities, for their countries, for the planet that will be better than what we have right now. And sometimes I think that one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves as a community is remind ourselves that we're building a cathedral. Right. And that we're not just putting another brick in a wall. Mm-hmm. This uh, it's that's something if, if I fall off the mark, if I forget, then hopefully there's somebody else close to me in my life who can say, yes, but remember, you said this. Mm-hmm. Remember, this happened in in your life. And that's one of the things I really love when I do reading circles is that everybody is witnessing what I'm saying to another person who's part of their community. And so when they go deaf, dumb, I, what I call deaf, dumb, blind and stupid, because we all have our moments of doing that, that somebody else will say, oh, do you remember when we had that reading mm-hmm. and Lucas said this? And how does that apply right now? And the person will go, oh, God, yes, I've forgotten about that because that part is new. It's not habit yet. Mm-hmm. So we need somebody in our community. And I think one of the horrible things that's happened and one of the great things that's happened with this virus um, that we're, we're dealing with right now is that it has fractured our communities. It has driven us into isolation. 
but we're communal creatures. And so we've been trying to find other ways to bring ourselves back into community. So one of the things that I'm finding, I mean, we're, we're recording this right now on an electronic device using the internet so that we can just talk to one another so that we can, we can record this show. And then we use the same system to upload it so mm-hmm. that everybody can listen to this over the airwaves. I couldn't get anybody to, to work with me electronically like this five years ago. Mm. It was, there was massive resistance to it. So we have retrained ourselves into yeah. a way of using the creative tools that we have so that we can stay in community when it's not always safe for us to be physically in community. Does it replace physical community? No, but it, it augments it in a way and, until it's like having a cast on. You don't want a cast on your broken leg forever and all time, but you need it there while you heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will come back to being physically present with one another. But in the meantime, we're learning things. We're developing things. We're, we're finding workarounds that I think will ultimately make us more resilient. Um, and maybe, you know, I was thinking about what's changing in our world. We don't have the same traffic jams that we used to have because yeah. there's not many people getting in vehicles to go to work. So that helps with the pollution problem. It helps with the waste of time of, of, of traveling to wherever you have to work. It, it, um, it, it, there's a whole bunch of ways in which this is better for us. But we also lose the community of our working environment. Yeah. And the exercise of getting there. And mm-hmm. so, so we have to find other ways to deal with that. But we're taking the same pieces of our world and we're rearranging them. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's, that's always possible for us to do, but we have to believe we can do it. I, I'm also thinking, I mean, in full agreement with you, and the piece that you said about how we're, we're divided, we're fractured right now is a piece that's really standing out to me at the moment. I have friends who fall on every point of the spectrum of opinion and approach and response to all of the issues facing society right now. Yeah. And I'm seeing the fear of this miasma, fear and other emotions is turning us against each other because the fear is telling us that we are a danger. That person is a danger to me or to my loved ones and drawing lines in the sand of, I will not engage with you if, and, and almost anything is coming after that. These lines in the sand are, are different for every person, but what that is doing, it is, is, is that continuation of the fracturing. And really it's like, we're taking this, this, it is not okay. And it's like, we're putting that onto individuals when every person, whether I agree with their approach or not, because of course I do have opinions, but we're all in new territory here. We're all struggling to keep our head above water and all we're all revising our way of looking at the world. And if we're going to find a way through this and this meaning all of it, the pandemic, the crisis, the climate crisis, the, uh, the poverty crisis, the the um, 
oh God, it's just everything. We, yeah. ha- we have to be reaching out to each other. And we need to find a way to do that even when we are on opposite sides of the fence from a certain issue. We need to be able to find and feel the humanity in each other. And the commonalities. What do we still have that's in common? Because we build on commonality, not on difference. But we need the differences because differences create friction. And friction is often what creates the sparks for creativity. So if there's no friction, if there's no adversity, if there's no challenges, then things just sort of tick along the way they have been. Right. We have to Um, be, we got to have, the stuff is grinding in the gears right now because the gears need to stop gearing. They need to break apart and we need to assemble something new. Well, when you're shifting gears, I mean, I come from a, as a person who, who drove a standard um, (laughs) car, right? You have to push the clutch in to disengage the gears so that you can re-engage them at a faster speed. Yeah. We've got one more song. And again, the alignment is perfect. <laughs> we're going to listen We're going to listen to the four tops singing Reach Out, I'll Be There. And again, this is an ode to hope. This is an ode to we find this way through this Together, we need to reach out to each other. We understand we are in different places for different things, but we must find a way to connect on that human level. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
That song was just what I needed. <laughs> that was everything I needed. Welcome back. That's, that's the hope. Yes. Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. Oh, that was the four tops singing Reach Out. I'll be there. That's everything I want to say right now to all of the people in my world. How are we going to get, we have to get through this like this. This is how we it's find the fundamental space. belief that everybody is really doing the best they know how to do yeah. with the, with the place that they're in and their own understanding of the world and their own resources and uh, the time they have available. We're all doing the best we can. And I think that um, we, that's that if we can come from that, um, perspective on it, then even if somebody's doing something that we don't like, that we think is um, counterproductive, that hurts us, that hurts somebody else in their lives, at least we can come from that place of they have good intentions. Yeah. Um, and, and how do we best shift our belief systems? Because I think the belief system is what has to change first. If you force people into things, I believe that it um, it takes longer and it backfires. So, so how do we? Uh, and I think we we do it with love. I think love is more powerful, and that's one of the things he says they say in the song, right? Love the love is more powerful than the fear of um, adverse circumstances or adverse outcomes. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we put it all together again? I mean, I watched a group that we're both involved with last year. We went through a, a major last year, the year before last. It was a, there was an overlap around the space that we were going to move our radio station into, and it was a group of young people who were making the decision, and they were in learning mode around leadership and around. Um, representation for the student body. And we could have gone in there as a radio station and blasted them out of the water and come in with all of the the restrictions that uh, we, or the the guidelines or the requirements that we have to go through as as a radio station, but we didn't. We went in there with an understanding that they were doing the best that they could do, that they were trying hard that they weren't just being obstructive. They were dealing with a massive learning curve, as were we. Um, But we were a bit older than they were. And I was proud of the way in which we handled all of that and eventually got an outcome that that serves our purposes. It cost us more money Mm -hmm. and it cost us more time. However, we, we, we brought that group with us. We don't, we haven't, um, created irreparable damage in our community relationship with that group. And I think that that's something that we need to keep in mind as we, um, as we polarize in our, in our communities right now over what's safe and what isn't safe. Um, I think we have to keep in mind that we want to bring all of us with us. So, so how do we how do we incorporate that piece of we're all doing the best we can right now, and we and we can o- we can only learn at a certain speed. If you want to speed up how fast somebody learns, you need to give them more support, not less. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's hard to remember because when you're in the heat of battle, 
and in the heat of feeling threatened, that's, that's a hard thing to remember. So that's, I think, when we, we have to come back to those touchstones, like, is this empowering or disempowering? I, I just circled that word that I'd written down, which is the <laughs> only word I wrote earlier today when you said that. I was just thinking, yes, touchstones. And, and maybe, maybe one of the most practical things we can do right now as we're coming to a close here today is to equip ourselves, to, to take a moment to equip ourselves. What, are, what is a touchstone for you? Like, what kind of thing can you do that is for yourself, but rooted in community that enables you to have more compassion for those who may be driving you crazy and with whom you may not agree. Like, what can we, what can you do? I'm thinking to myself, I'm suddenly reminded of, of a story I heard told that was by um, a missionary type person in Africa. And, um, some chill, some some youth had come over to work on a project. They'd shown up. They'd been advised that they should not uh, give to uh, the children who had come begging or individuals who had come begging along the path because for whatever reasons. So then they were being toured around the town with one of these uh, people who was in charge of the project there. And at one point they see this man give something to one of the children who are asking for something. So they questioned him about it later. I thought we were told that we shouldn't give anything to them. Why did you do that? And the man said, I've learned that when I stop caring, when I start being able to look past those children, it's when I need to give. Yeah. 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 That resonates with me so deeply. Because when it's hard, when we feel so overwhelmed by everything, we pull back. That's a natural instinct. It's a protective instinct, but it also disconnects us. Or we we attack, which creates more distance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it is important to engage at times from a quiet space, a humble space of I'm not going to try to save the world. I'm not going to try to save everything, but I'm going to try to remember the humanity of this one person that is before yeah. me right now. Yeah. And I can agree and disagree with the person at the same time. Yeah. They, that, that as they sit in front of me, they're imperfect. And so am I. And there, I can always find some common ground, even if it's just with the person's intention, I can find some common ground. And that to me speaks to being able to go up to a bigger picture and remember that we're trying to drain the swamp. Yeah. All right. So we find our touchstones. We find what it is that enables us to reach out to connect to people that we may still feel a division from because of a difference, vast difference. It may be a polarized difference, an opinion on things, but with the knowledge that by allowing that division to remain, we are only harming all of our chances of finding our next way through this. Yeah. And until next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 ah,
happy, 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 happ